KBLA Talk 1580. Good morning and God bless. Happy New Year. I'm Dominique DePrima. This show is called First Things First. I'm a first thing every single day, giving praises, giving thanks, and asking for blessings from God, asking for the blessings of the ancestors and the elders, and getting it going, whether it's your day, your year, your hour, or your minute. That's what we do around here. I think you know kind of the structure. If you don't and you're new, welcome in. So happy to have you here. Um, So what we do, hour one, we typically look at the left coast, what's going on, the Pacific Ocean side of town. Hour two, we go national, international, and beyond. And in the third hour, we do a deep dive with a person or persons of interest. Typically, I like to have a partner in politics with me on hour one or hour two. And you are invited into the conversation. It's about reciprocity and dialogue, not just monologue. Uh, That's not how we do it on this talk radio. 800-920-1580 is the way in, and you are invited every hour. 800-920-1580. My partner in politics today to start off a brand new year is a social activist and a third-generation pastor who serves the historic McCarty Memorial Christian Church in the West Adams neighborhood of Los Angeles. Pastor Eddie Anderson, good morning. Good morning and Happy New Year to you and all of your wonderful listeners who are tuning in. Yes, well, I'm honored to have you as my very first guest of the year. Um, I was hoping, you know, I try with at least my first week of shows to set a tone, Mm. uh, to help us set a tone, set an attention, and have some perspective on the year ahead. So I know, you know, you're a politician and an activist, but also um, asking you to wear that pastor hat this morning. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I told my congregation on Sunday that uh, 2023 was a year of lessons. Uh, But in 2024, uh, you have to take those lessons um, into 2024 so that God can open the door on your behalf. Uh, And that there will be storms, but remember uh, that the Spirit is with you even in the middle of the storms. And so this year, we have to be focused in on not only living out our plan, but also uh, showing up, fully showing up with all who we are, all of our uh, isness, all of our divine being, all of uh, who our ancestors prayed for us to be. We got to show up so the doors can truly be open this year. Mm. You know, there's a meme going around the internets about how, you know, I'm tired of, I don't want any more lessons. Can I just get the <laughs> blessings? I don't want any more lessons. But uh, I, I think that's, that's you know, an uplifting way of putting it. 2023 was a year of lessons. There was just, a, it's it felt like a lot. A lot. A lot of lessons. Uh, I know uh, in my, my own personal life, I've le- a lot of lessons around, um, humility, a lot of lessons around faith. Do I actually trust uh, what, what's going on? A lot of lessons around uh, who's fr- who your friends are uh, in 2023, disappointments. Uh, but, I, but I'm always glad to look, you know, the minute the clock hits 12.01, I realize <laughs> I may have bent, but I didn't break. So uh, right? we got something to do right? <laughs> uh, in 2024 together. So it sounds like what you're saying is we have to take whatever those tribulations are and the, that we experienced in 2023 and the um, wisdom or discernment that came from those Absolutely. and apply it to 2024 because we're going to have more challenges and more trials, but spirit will get us through. It will get us through. And you made it through 2023, whatever the storm was, uh, whatever the grief was, whatever the problem was, you made it. 
through 2023, you didn't make it by yourself. Uh, and no, so, sir. And so remember <laughs> no, that sir, going in 2024. Um, yeah, there's a there's a scripture that says that the storm came and the disciples were terrified. Uh, but Jesus walked by them and said, don't be terrified. It is I. Yeah, I love that. Um, So we're going to be hearing uh, from um, Chief Ayanda Clark uh, in the final hour of the show, uh, coming from an African spiritual perspective and giving us sort of a, you know, sort of a similar kind of thing. um, Some some outlook on the year, some insight, maybe. Um, and I'm going to go back to the internet. Maybe I spend too much time online. Okay, I do. Um, but I think there, I feel like every year since 2020, we've been saying this is the worst year ever. I can't wait for next year. Mm -hmm. Like 2020, we had, you know, the pandemic that the emergency phase as, as the LA times, uh, you know, so succinctly put it, the emergency phase of the pandemic in 2020, everyone was like, oh, I'm ready for that to be over. And then, you know, 2021 and 20, I feel like every year we're saying it's the worst year ever. And I wonder if that's a habit we, that serves us. (laughs) I don't think it serves us. I don't, I don't, I don't. You know, that's a good question. I, mean, I don't think it serves us uh, to say this was the worst uh, year. Every year could be potentially the worst year. Right, right. Um, but, you know, your good days do outweigh your bad days. But I think 2024, I think, is unique. Well, it happens every four years. We have an election. We have, mm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, economic shifts in the that, that begin to manifest and things that you put, that you sowed in 2020 are now just beginning to reap. Right? Okay. And so right. that's that four year cycle. That's how I yeah. see it. Yeah. The four year cycle of harvest. Right. And so, uh, we, we sowed a lot of things in 2021, 22, 23. And sometimes it looks darkest right before the dawn. Yeah. Uh, and so I think 2024, I, I I'm, I'm calling in, uh, groundedness. Cause if anything I learned, uh, through the disappointments of 2020 all the way to 2023 and there were, plenty uh was stay grounded yeah calling in groundedness okay i can i can work with that i'm gonna i'm gonna ride that uh that spiritual edict and (laughs) you know stand on groundedness um well last year toward the beginning of the year you know we're talking with uh with pastor michael beckwith we were discussing the idea of intention Mm -hmm. and setting macro intentions and micro intentions, meaning what's your intention for your whole life? What's your intention for this year? And then what special attention might this day require? Absolutely. I I think we, you know, I don't set new year resolutions. Right. Right. I, I I go through and say, what, what is the purpose? How do I want to be aligned uh, in my life? And what is the story? And it may seem morbid for some folks, but I said, what is the legacy? What is the epithet that I want? Uh, when I'm no longer in this form. And then every day I ask myself, what am I doing uh, to take another step closer? Mm. It, it comes in many ways. It may come in how I love my neighbor, how I love myself. It's Or what am I doing that is aligned my purpose today? Or how am I using my divine energy? What is your dua? What is your duty? What is your obligation? What is honorable uh, for you to do today? And you may not get it all right. And, and nine times out of ten, you're going to make some mistakes every single day. But at the end of the day, if you did one thing, one thing that you could be proud of, 
it was a good day. That can move you. I love that too, to say what is my purpose and alignment and, you know, the story and how am I moving that forward rather than a resolution. I mean, a resolution is fine if you want to do it, but it, it often does seem to come with condemnation, self-condemnation and self-flagellation after we fall off, you know. Absolutely. I mean, resolutions, I think, bring up uh, the shadow work in our lives, right? Mm. We, we write resolutions knowing that the shadow that we've never dealt with, looked at, talked to uh, in, our, in our lives. And we, oh, we won the first two rounds, uh, but we didn't take the lessons from the previous year. So it catches up with us. Eventually something falls out. Uh, and then you back at square one saying, oh, I didn't do it. Or I didn't lose the weight. I didn't go to the gym. I didn't make that phone call. I didn't start the business. I didn't write that book. Uh, I think that's not good. Um because we have to lean into the light in our life sometimes. We have to love look at the shadows around us and say, I, I know you're there. I acknowledge it. And every day I'm going to shine just a little bit more light. And sooner or later, uh, we'll have the, there'll be too much light. So that shadow can't be there anymore in your mm. life. Talking with Pastor Eddie Anderson and you, 800-920-1580. want to look at some things going on around here uh, since a lot has happened while we were doing whatever we were doing during the uh, the holiday period. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. You know, what was great in, in what was the blessing? What was the lesson of 2023? What are you looking forward to this year? And um, what you think about where we are right now? 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique Deprima here with pa- Pastor Eddie Anderson on KBLA Talk 1580. She's reclaiming her time on KBLA Talk 1580. More First Things First with Dominique Deprima. When we come forward, Ancestors' favorite radio station, radio station, and your favorite morning show host. Let's get back to Dominique DePrima right now. Right now. Happy right now. New Year, Happy New You or Old You. There's another funny meme going around. I think it's Al Pacino going, "It's a new year, and it's gonna be the same old me because I like <laughs> myself." There's something to be said for that, right? Uh-huh. You don't have to do a total makeover <laughs> every year. So, uh, yeah, lots going on here locally um and i'm sure that you know i'm sure it's impacting you as much as everybody else um the los angeles times had an interesting article over the break talking about uh, evictions which is yes. a huge you know huge topic um and how evictions have jumped, mm-hmm. but not as much as we had feared. So that was the good news. The bad news is that they have jumped, increased by thousands in 2023 after those pandemic era protections came off. Uh, 43,000 eviction filings through November in L.A. County, which is a lot of folks. And um, it's 10,000 more cases than the prior year, but not as much as what we had predicted. Yeah, I mean, I think um, evictions are on the rise. I know as a as a pastor, I deal with those folks dealing with eviction often, um, and we had the tenant protections, which were helpful. But I think the biggest eviction cliff in everyone, you know, in the organizing world, the day that we have circled is, is February, uh, because February is when uh, the rent increases can go into and go into effect. And so, if you don't know legally, they can raise your rent. Uh, between uh, four and six percent, um, starting in February, and that I believe is where we get to see the real, the real data and the real numbers, hmm. uh, and people will see see the shift, um, and 
uh, city council will be in for a fight <laughs> uh, to figure out what they could do this month and uh, making sure folks have um, legal protections and also that they have a right to counsel uh, in the city of Los Angeles, which are, are really big needs. But when the rent increases is when I think we will see, um, as I said, the pandemic, we're, we're still feeling the aftershocks. Just yeah. that earthquake yesterday. I don't know if y'all felt it. Um, <laughs> I didn't feel it, but I read about it. <laughs> yeah. I at my house. I was like, well, what, what's going on? But we still get the aftershocks. Um, so I, I would just advise, and, and I'm advising my members of the congregation as well, um, get to know now the numbers for legal aid, uh, get to know public counsel, get to know uh, the illegal eviction funds that are available to you so you can start having those conversations now. It takes a minute to get in the queue and to work through uh, your case. If your rent is going to go up, we just finished the holidays. I know you made everyone happy. Uh, but if you have any little money in reserve, put something down. Don't, don't, don't. Uh, Go without, um, yeah. In the in the next couple of couple of weeks, I think this is a very big issue um, because I think homelessness and evictions go hand in hand. Oh yeah, uh, in the city, and that's part of we're doing the big homeless count in January this month. Um, but the eviction count is 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 another one that's gonna because once you get out of a house once you get evicted in LA it's hard to get back in I mean absolutely first of all it's expensive mm -hmm. right they want first and last and this and that um, and then secondly there, there's just not that much available so although I I have seen more available lately maybe because people are getting evicted yeah um, but I think it's worth giving the LA uh, City Council some credit because mm -hmm. one of the reasons we may not be seeing the the numbers we were expecting is those renter protections that they put in place, which make it a little harder to evict someone. It makes it a little harder to uh, evict someone. And that's, you know, kudos to the L.A. City Council for for doing that. Um, and, you know, making sure the rent doesn't raise 10 percent, you know, 46 percent is it's a compromise. Um, right. Because well. on the on, I mean, on the mom and pop landlord side of things. I still feel like we, we, L.A. County, yeah. we, the activists, we, the state of California, unfairly expected Absolutely. small landlords to carry us through the pandemic. I, that doesn't even make sense. How is it that I am, if I'm a small landlord, I'm supposed to subsidize yeah. the, the, the county, city and county yeah. by, by keeping people housed? I know there were, are, were some programs to reimburse mm -hmm. those landlords. But just the idea, and I'm not talking about corporate landlords, yeah. but just the idea that regular folks that own buildings or whatever, or duplexes, are supposed to pay to get our community through a pandemic doesn't make any sense. Does not make any sense. Because, I mean, owning property usually is a lifelong dream. If you're able to own a couple of them, for some folks, those are, are fixed income. So that property, that revenue from those properties are the ones that help keep L.A. whole. And if we're being honest, mom and pop landlords are the ones who have been giving people the break, have the affordable rents. They're not charging you, you know, $6,000 knowing that they have 20 units. Right, at, and at they're a little more flexible well, maybe on credit and things like yeah, that. Yeah, they help their, Those are the black people and, and, and Latino people that are giving black and Latino people a chance to be housed in L.A. Why should they have to underwrite a pandemic? It doesn't make sense. And so when I hear 4 to 6% rent increases, although I understand what you're saying, Pastor Eddie, about you know, I'm hoping that that 
4 to 6% is not the difference between someone being able to afford to stay in their apartment or not. But I also have, I have empathy for the, the small landlords because that means they haven't been able to raise it Absolutely. since 2020. And everything has gone up. Absolutely. Everything has Everything gone has up. gone up. I think it has to be a balanced approach around making sure that when we write uh, 46% that we are also making sure the ULA funds that we help pass um, are going towards eviction uh, defense and helping subsidize the small mom and pop landlords, like do a priority to program uh, in the city to make sure that that is happening. These are like, I think, uh, the kind of solutions that makes us live in a community of care. And yeah. then and then make sure I mean, you know, this is something that, you know, I'm pulling something out of dusting it off so it's not exist in LA. But during the Garcetti administration, there was um discussion around a vacancy tax, right? For these corporate landlords. Um as well, which did not pass. Um Surprise. <laughs> right? I mean, we know that a lot of these corporate <laughs> landlords are the biggest political donors. Absolutely. You know, and, and that's that. that is what it is. In the city of Newark where my brother is the mayor. Uh, Mayor Raz Baraka, you know, they have gone out of their way to create rules, policies that discourage corporations from buying properties when they come up for sale and encourage human beings, regular persons uh, to buy houses, buildings and such because of exactly what you're saying, which is that that dynamic tends to foster the people that already live in the community being able to stay there as opposed to gentrification. Absolutely. We have to put in preventative measures. When I, when I, when I talk about uh, the housing crisis and you talk about uh, how do we move L.A. forward in the rent, it's first the first P in three P's is preservation, right? You got to preserve what you have before you can get uh to production and you also got to prevent you gotta do some prevention work right as well you gotta do preservation and prevention before you can get to production piece and we are so hyper focused on production which we need but we are lacking in the preservation uh and the prevention and so we have to we could we could write ordinances right we're going to recode the city we can write ordinances we can write things uh and and i'm hoping city council and the county as well takes take you know lean lean in in the first quarter of this year to make sure sure that we're not displacing residents we're not displacing uh mom and pop uh landlords or who are folks you know i talk to older folks and they're like i'm getting out of here i can't i mean i see it in my community people selling and leaving yeah people and and they're just flipping flipping flip flipping houses all over the crenshaw district it's it's really um discouraging because you as a black you know longtime resident you feel you can see your community getting diluted and other folks moving in and you can see the impacts of it because the people that are moving in for the most part are not gracious like oh i'm coming into your community let me be deferential no they they walk in like you know uh, they canvas. own a place. <laughs> the yeah. blank canvas a lot of yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like think, there was nobody here, right? Exactly. Think blank about West canvas. Adams. You know, West Adams. One Ooh. developer owns twenty-five buildings in West Adams. That one developer has reshifted. Has shifted. If the minute you pass Crenshaw, going towards you know Adams Boulevard, all that place where Alta, all that stuff is, even over there going to West Angeles. All those buildings, they look the same. Yeah. And the artwork on the side is not talking about the community. It, it it's building out what they believe an urban center or urban core looks like, but is displacing uh, many of the folks who have built 
the city, right? Built. Yeah, and uh, it, it, yeah. It, it almost feels like it might be too late. I mean, I know it's never too late. And I see L.A. doing a better job than some other cities. Yeah. I do see black people buying stuff, yeah. buying the block, especially uh, around this radio station. In absolutely. Park. We, I mean, I, my uh, development corporation, we, we're investing uh, over a million dollars in Lamert Park right now to build a grocery store. Right. We, we buy We're going to buy back the block. Uh but it's hard. Let me tell yeah. you, you got to have a lot of capital. Uh, you got to have a, a lot of pri- private public partnerships. Uh, when you, so that's that what you, when you say it's hard, you mean it, big cash. Yeah, you got to have big, big cash and, uh, and partner a lot of partnerships, right? And uh, I think it's a call. Um, I'm nonviolent, so I'm not going to say the arms, but it's a call to consciousness <laughs> for all of us. <laughs> uh, you know, we, we just, you know, we're celebrating, finishing celebrating Kwanzaa. We talked about cooperative economics. Cooperative economics does not mean that you're going to enrich yourself, right? Cooperative economic means that I'm enriching the community. By enriching the community, it comes back to me uh, tenfold. That That's what cooperative economics looks like. So it means finding partners in, you know, uh, shifting it up, you know, maybe the earthquake yesterday was good. Remind us, shake it up a little bit this year. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that was a four point one. I'm surprised. I mean, that's not a tiny quake. Yeah. I'm surprised I didn't feel it. Um, it was out by Apollo Rancho Palos Verdes, ah. the uh, center of it. But you felt it. Yeah, I was. I, I felt. It. I was at my house, you know, sitting on my couch, and my my, my couch moved, and I said, "Hold up." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I was, I woke up late yesterday. No, no, I was up. I don't know what I was doing. I didn't feel it. Uh, oh, I was hiking. That's what I was doing. I didn't feel it. Oh, I didn't feel it. Yeah. Up the mountain, I didn't feel it. But well, that's good. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> but it is a little first, you know, first day of the year reminder. Get our earthquake kits, our emergency yeah. kits. After all the emergencies we've had, you got to have water. You got to have canned goods, flashlight. Maybe a, tr- a little old-fashioned transistor radio so yeah. you can find out what's going on. And your medications. You know, you, we. I mean, it's serious business uh, in L.A. You need to have that. We've got news, traffic, and sports right now. Looking forward to get uh, getting Pastor Eddie's take on some other hot topics here in the L.A. area, including... Uh, Council member, former council member Weezar, uh, maybe oh, yeah. getting sentenced mm-hmm. shortly. It's KBLA Talk 1580. More of First Things First with Dominique DePrima when we come forward. Thanks for waking up with Dominique DePrima on KBLA Talk 1580. Thank you so much for waking up with us, for starting your year with us, and for calling if you got something to say. 800-920-1580. I'm Dominique DePrima here with Pastor Eddie Anderson, who is over McCarty Memorial Church. Remind folks when they can go hear you preach, which is another good thing to do to start out your year. Absolutely. You can come join us at 1045. We're the historic church at 4101 West Adams uh, Boulevard, Adams and Crenshaw, McCarty Memorial uh, Christian Church. We would love to see you uh, in the place. We believe, see, love, and act. That's how we believe we move forward. Mm. And uh, you're very you're very precise, 1045. You don't say, you know... Yeah, I mean, I'm going to pray with the congregation. We may need to move that back 15 minutes. But, <laughs> but you know, <laughs> we've been to 45 for 50 years. But I'm, we're going to move it back. New Year, try something new. <laughs> <laughs> um, so while uh, while folks were on holiday, uh, the state of Maine found that Donald Trump was ineligible to hold office mm-hmm. because of his actions, trying to overturn the election. And... Um, they joined Colorado. Of course, this is under appeal. Mm-hmm. But California 
Shirley Weber, our Secretary of State, says she, according to what she can see, uh, the California does not have the means to remove him from the ballot. And Governor Gavin Newsom has said he doesn't want him to be removed yeah. from the ballot. He said he'd rather we vote Trump out than keep him off the ballot. Your thoughts? Uh, I, I, I see California's position. Um, I think Shirley Weber basically was saying like she got to go, go high instead of go low on this uh, issue, and we don't, you know, it costs us more money to remove him from all the ballots at this point. Um, and in California, I, I don't think anyone has a fear of Trump winning the state. Uh, he won't. Yeah. <laughs> he won't. But in, in swing states, though, I think it becomes a critical conversation um, that if someone is indicted, if someone stokes. Uh, insurrectionist thoughts and vibes um, do they get to be on the ballot while we haven't decided whether or not uh, they legally are able to serve right Uh, because you don't want to get into a kerfuffle of uh, you know Trump winning Colorado or Maine and then figuring out, oh, he can't serve because he's going to jail. And then... I mean, I understand what you're saying. My my analysis in in what I've read is that he could still serve if he's in jail. Because it's apparently it's legal. Now, you you know, you can't be a cosmetologist in the state of California, but apparently you could serve as president. Um, And, you know, if that is true... What they're leaning on, though, is the constitutional, Absolutely. you know, the 14th Amendment, which does he does any insurrectionist have a right to serve? And I guess that's ultimately going to go to the Supreme Court. Yeah. And we can assume, given the the makeup of the Supreme Court, that they're probably going to say he can serve. Right. Yeah. And I just think we have to, for me, this moment is crazy growing up um, in Atlanta. This is crazy for me because there's still civil war like artifacts all around Georgia. I just went to with my parents. Mm. Um, and the consequence for the Civil War was that anyone who's insurrectionist cannot serve. Right? That was just... That I mean, was, that as was, it <laughs> should be. You're a traitor <laughs> right? to your country. So, it's not rocket science. Like, you're a domestic terrorist. Yeah. And, and so, what are we... Uh, I, I think this is... Even for the constitutionalists... Um, folks who are on the Supreme Court, do you actually believe the Constitution? Like, do you actually think that your forefathers and foremothers, after you fought a civil war, will allow this to happen? Or do you want to see another one? And, I, and that's just a question they should really ask themselves, I think, at this point. Uh, and what kind of democracy do you want to have? Um, or, or are we creating precedents that we cannot unwind uh, when... Uh, in the future, as things, what what are we saying to those bad actors among us? I mean, and and maybe this gets a little tiresome, and tedious, but you we, you already know mm-hmm. that had this so-called rebellion against the uh, attempt to overturn the government have happened by some so-called progressive, radical, a you know, BLM person. They're, they're, they would not even be hesitating to say that person couldn't serve. If Cory yeah. Bush had stormed, you oh. know, the Capitol and, and you know, and, Bay somewhere. right. <laughs> and, and had a bunch of people chanting, you know, hang, I don't know, Kamala Harris. Yeah. Like, yeah, they, there would be no question. That is the 
the magic of Trump really is that he has got this ability to do things that no one else gets away with. He's the embodiment of white privilege. Yeah. And a reminder to our country that we never healed from the wounds in the first place. Whew. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not mad at, at Secretary of State Weber because my interpretation of what she did was this is how California's um, state constitution looks. And it doesn't allow for yeah. us to have the power to remove him. Mm-hmm. To me, and, and to your point about going high, because that would be just the, you know, biggest fundraising tool ever. Oh. California's keeping me <laughs> off the ballot. Well, well. He's raising so much money. And I, I'm like, wow. Uh, off of every indictment, every charge. I'm like, yeah. Wow. I mean, to your point, it's not like he just, you know, had one. He's got 91 counts. Yeah. But um, but he could. And the RNC has said uh, the Republican National Convention has said that if he is the nominee, they will stand by him, even if he's convicted. So mm-hmm. there you have it. There you have it. It's not. <laughs> they've told you what they're going to do. Uh, so federal prosecutors want um, former city council member Jose Weizar to get 13 years in prison. His defense attorneys uh, said on Friday that nine years would be enough that he's already been humiliated and destroyed, um, embarrassed in front of his friends and family. I mean, I guess any person that gets indicted goes through that, right? Yeah. That's the, you know, anyone who gets, uh, as we say, in a catch a case, anyone who gets indicted, <laughs> um, there's much embarrassment, much stress, much humiliation. I think what uh, what uh, Weezar did is, um, reprehensible because it um, not only was it humiliating, but it decimated the trust in the public good and the public will, and it actually increased great apathy. Um, mm. I mean, think about this. I mean, this is something out of a uh, 1940s like Hollywood prohibition movie. Yeah. Like you, you got you got cases literally like you know tequila bo- bo- bottles of money. Um, going to the most powerful politician on city council, one of the most powerful politicians on city council. Yeah, speaking um, of developers and their, yeah. you know, their unscrupulous uh, tactics, not all developers. I know yeah. that sounds cheesy, but I mean, this guy literally had plast- had paper bags full of money. He was using his own mama to yeah. launder money, which if he'll do that to his mama, yeah. what will he do to you? Yeah, and selling the city. And they want $1.3 million in fines and restitution. So it sounds like you're saying, I mean, because he actually pled guilty, he pleaded guilty, yeah. and and they agreed to a range between 9 and 13 years yeah. as part of that plea agreement. You're saying go to the maximum? Well, I, I go... Go to the yeah. Go to the one that makes it a deterrent for anyone. Um, there was the case was clear. There was no ambiguity in this case, right? Yeah. Uh, in, in other cases that we've seen around city council, there may be some amb- ambiguity. There's no ambiguity here. It's like, as we say, follow the money. The right, <laughs> and and it's personal enrichment. I mean, I, I think. Yeah. You know, the temptation is to say all politicians are corrupt, and that is what we hear coming out of conservative corners in the city. But you can't, to me, you can't compare a current price yeah. to a council member, Weezar, because Weezar literally was 
taking money to enrich himself, laundering money through his wife, through his mama. Yeah. And the impact of that is it's felt greater. I mean, if you think about this, if you're selling if you're selling downtown uh, to the highest developer and that developer is then displacing folks who could live there or businesses that were there previously, the economic impacts and the social uh, disturbance that you're creating is generation long. I mean, just one bribe alone, $600,000 to pay off someone that he was allegedly sexually harassing to settle that case. He got a bribe from a developer. Whoa, just problems on problems with that. I mean, you know, we all make mistakes, but we all don't stuff hundreds of thousands of cash in in paper bags. Yeah, and- we don't. Yeah, and and I think the other big piece that folks should realize is that your position of power is he was over like planning, right? So, you know, people, you know, look to him to figure out what could get built, not only in his district but across our city. So we have to ask mm-hmm. a question. We have to ask a serious question around. Uh, what is the what is the economic harm that has been done? Um, what what new developments or innovative ideas that could have helped us with the homelessness crisis, helped us in the affordability crisis in the city, uh, were deferred, deterred, or flat out denied because uh, someone didn't pay pay to play? Yeah. They had 129000 in cash laying around the house when the the feds came in. And so he forfeited that already, but they want another 1.5. It'll be interesting. That should be coming up, I think, this week um, to see where they go with that. His attorneys say five years from now, no one will remember whether he got nine years or 13 years. But I think, I don't know if I agree with that because... When we look at cases like this, we look back and say, what punishment came out of it? Did they get off with a hand yeah. uh, slap on the hand or, or did they deal with a significant um, a significant punishment? Absolutely. And I think um, the question is, what is the precedent? What is what do we what do we believe hmm. about uh, L.A.? And yeah, other other folks have gotten much more much longer sentences for way less. <laughs> I'll just say it like that. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that, and that's a whole other can of worms that we could get yeah. into about do we have consistent policies and consistent punishment um, citywide, countywide, statewide. I, you know, I, I think all of us would say no, but the question is how do you fix it? And I'm yeah. not sure what what that answer is. Yeah, I, 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 I think it'd be interesting. I, I'll be... I'll be reading the LA Times and on the record to see <laughs> where where this goes. Um and and it's interesting and, and this has been going on for like two and a half. I know, that's three the other years. thing. How did this get stretched out? Like, like how what? does he <laughs> how does he stay out on bail for years while they No sentencing? I don't and, yeah. I I'm mean, not sure. I sh- I you know, I should know that, but I <laughs> I don't remember. Um yeah. So got a lot going on around here when we come forward love to talk a little bit about that uh, got an update on the 
shooting in that Costco in Corona. Remember the police shooting inside of a Costco there and plus Huntington Beach uh, backing away a little bit after saying they would no longer celebrate Black History Month. Yes, Florida exists even here in Southern California. We'll look at that when we come forward on KBLA Talk 1580. Say the quiet part out loud. KBLA Talk 1580. Happy. Find a righteous range and don't be afraid to say what you see. For KBLA Talk 1580. Yeah, so also according to the LA Times, uh, COVID and flu are, you know, running up a bit. And folks are getting hospitalized with having both. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't make me want to party like it's 1999. No, no. If you pull out my mask, <laughs> <laughs> get a hand sanitizer. Because uh, RSV is up as well, I, I've, I've uh, read. And so, yeah, make sure you're we're conscious of washing our hands and using hand sanitizer. We've been through this before. Right. We right? know what to do. We know what to do. You know, someone uh, during the holiday break... Um, they were going to go to a, a gathering. They said, oh, someone had COVID before, but the house is fine. I said, oh, no, no. We've been to this before. I'm not going to your house if you had COVID. Uh, right? yeah, exactly, so you, yeah. you got to be, 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 be mindful. Remember the lessons. Remember the lessons that we've learned in previous yeah. years. I mean, and I know we're tired of those lessons, but hey. Yeah, it keeps us healthy. Mm. <laughs> Before Xmas, a story came out um, that you said a lot of people have been asking you about, which is this um, allegation by some some LAPD officers who are not being named at this time, that they were asked to investigate Mayor Karen Bass shortly after she took office when she was deciding whether or not to reappoint Chief Moore, that Chief Moore asked to investigate her a scholarship mm-hmm. at UCLA, even though she had been cleared, I mean, at USC, even mm-hmm. though she had been cleared by the uh, the ethics committee in Congress before she took that scholarship, even though it had already been hashed through and, you know, you weaponized during the campaign with uh, the Caruso campaign doing a nasty ad about it. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on that? When folks are coming to you, what are they expressing? I mean, they... It come to me and uh, ask about police accountability. And I think this is another indication. <clears throat> um, well, I believe Chief Moore got to go. A lot of pastors got together. A lot of community leaders are, are getting together. Um, but I think it's in- indicative. I think it's, uh, what did Oprah say? Uh, when someone showed you who they are, believe them. Um, <laughs> uh, so I-, I think that's part of it. And I think it also just shows around... Uh, the mayor, when she when she got elected, said, you know, we need everybody locking arms and moving the city forward together and not doing things that personally enrich themselves or um, seek to further uh, erode the trust. Law enforcement in this city has a big trust deficit. I have to say as much, we're on a black radio station, you probably get, you know why. But when the chief... This is not the first scandal, right? When the chief uh, does something like this, I think it also showed the state of the department. Um, when you find that the people in the department felt like, oh, I can't do this. Let me report on the chief. The question becomes, do they trust each other? Yeah. And, well, yeah. I mean, it, it smacks of corruption. You, yeah. I want to investigate someone who has the power to appoint me or not reappoint me. And then it, it sma- that smacks of corruption. It sounds like you're trying to strong arm the mayor, who we know the police union. And, and someone pointed out to me last time we discussed this, 
that the chief is technically not part of the police union because he's considered management. But still, we know that the police union did not support the current mayor and that they spent $4 million to support her opponent. So if this turns out to be true, and apparently there's an investigation going on right now, to me, it's it's completely unacceptable and corrupt. Yeah, I think his, his time is up. I mean, we got to go back to uh, the data around, I think for me, stopping the stops, the crash stops, going into people cutting off their cameras, the way they do disciplinary action in the apartment. All that starts off at the top, right? Uh, so if the chief is not um, being upright and forthcoming, um, and he, I think it's, shows character for him to at this point say let me step aside let's give you leadership <laughs> let's move forward if you, not you want him to step aside based on character i mean i mean, I, I mean if, if he wants to redeem any parts of you his know character. it's funny because he did say that he wasn't going to serve out his full term he yeah. wanted part of the five years but yeah. he didn't say how much of the five years so it's like i think it seems like what the chief is telling us is i'll step down when i'm good and ready yes and and, and my impression was that was more in the three-year range. We're one year into that second term now. Just to remind the chief that you work for the people, end of the day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you work at the pleasure of the mayor, you work for the people. Uh, and people don't trust you, and now you are, you've allowed yourself to, to be a part of a scheme to do a political hit job, and we've seen what that can do. Um, we need to protect our mayor, we need to protect our city, and um, LAPD got a lot of work to do. Uh, I'll just I mean, say, yeah, when you people in the community, they're like, they don't even call no more because they don't come. So I'm just saying. I and mean, but if you <laughs> and you talk about a trust deficit, that trust deficit is built off of it, it's logical. It's not just that we're distrustful. Yeah. Right. It's it's a logical reaction to a series of scandals. And you named a couple of them. We didn't even talk about the explosion an entire yeah. neighborhood blown up because some folks, you know, decided to detonate illegal explosives that they that they had no business detonating in South LA, which they never would have done if yeah. it was Brentwood. Um, these are these are things that have happened on his watch. We have a high number of killings this year. And don't forget uh, the Community Coalition along with Black Lives Matter and some other organizations right before uh, Christmas announced a lawsuit yeah. against LAPD around these around these police chases and uh, violent and traumatic tra traffic stops based on police databases where they say, oh, that could be a stolen car, yeah. where they stop people. That, you know, that is yet um, yet another scandal. We, in 2020, everyone said, and we was on the streets, and folks looked at us, and BLM and another uh, community organization said, we want to reimagine public safety. We have yet to see it happen in Los Angeles fully. We, the the mayor has put forth some proposals and created a, a department, uh, well, uh, uh, office in her in her administration to kind of rethink that. I think let's get a new chief, uh, new year, new vision, new leadership, and let's 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 see what we can do. Um, and in in our city, uh, that could make all of us feel a little bit safer. Right, right. Okay. I'll, I'll, I can go with that. I do think, to your point, Mayor Karen Bass has created something new, which is the Office of Community Safety, right. to work in tandem with the Office of Public Safety, which is over police and stuff, whereas community safety is more like 
uh, the grid stuff and, you know, community grid, partnerships. Double down on community partnerships. I mean, eventually we'll probably, you know, figure out how do we get a department of some sort. Um, but if we want to double down on circle and things of that nature um, and making sure we have uh, care teams and, and folks going out and that we have, you know, you know, people ambassador, new kind of ambassador with neighbors, you know, in our community. We got to have a different way to move forward. I was, I mean, the reason I'm going to talk about this is also when people come and ask me this question is I was, you know, right before the break, I was in a meeting, police uh, chief Moore was down, was at uh, Holman and it was a community meeting and the, and the people were there raising their hand. They were just asking like, why don't we, we give the police more money, but no one shows up. And someone was like, I saw, I saw, I called and said, someone sing my neighbor's Tesla. And you was like, can't do nothing. And I was like, well, what do you want us to do? Right. Um, and I've heard that a lot. Mm. Um, and so having another scandal just continues to erode the trust. Yeah. And we don't need that. <laughs> Pastor Eddie Anderson, thank you for starting off my 2024 with me. It's much appreciated. Thank you for having me. Have a blessed and wonderful day. Uh, and may this new year um, renew your purpose. Absolutely. Next time you come, we'll talk about that city council race. In Absolutely. Your candidacy. <laughs> All right. That's up soon. It's KVLA <laughs> Talk 1580.